Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to Kiss My Curvy Assets, the podcast where we drop truth bombs, hit tough conversations, bring some sassy, raw, real topics, and some badass fun. I'm your host, Lori Mort. Let's journey together on this roller coaster ride set to empower us, enlighten us, invigorate us, energize us, and just help us keep rocking our bodies and rocking our lives. Hey friends, what's up? Today we have on the program Garfield Wilson. Garfield was born in Surrey, England, the middle child of three to Jamaican parents. His family immigrated to Canada when he was just six years old. Having always felt the pull to all things creative, he organically fell into music and acting in his hometown of Edmonton, Alberta. After two years performing as the lead singer to a funk soul cover band, Garfield's first break was portraying Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. He then ventured to Vancouver, British Columbia to pursue music and acting further. After singing in his own band, followed by a Canadian tour singing backup vocals for Colin James, Garfield began to focus on acting. Garfield has found success in the spotlight on screens both big and small. Some of his credits include TNT's Snowpiercer, Arrow, Once Upon a Time, Bates Motel, The 100, Continuum, I Zombie, Zoo, Netflix's Travelers, Van Helsing, The Good Doctor, The Man in the High Castle, Batwoman, and J.J. Abrams, Almost Human, amongst others. Next up for Garfield is Nickelodeon's The Astronauts, which just premiered on my birthday, November 13th, and is a new drama series about a group of kids who accidentally are launched into space with the adults left behind trying to frantically bring them home safe. Garfield is also a busy single dad of three and the owner of a wickedly successful personal training business in Vancouver. He's also my dear friend. Hey, Garfield, I'm so excited for you to be here. Gee. <laughs> nice to be here with you, Lori. It's been a long time. It's been a very well, long time. And we have history. We have history. And it's funny because when I was thinking about you being on today, I was like, I've seen this guy in his underwear, like a lot. <laughs> but then I realized like a lot of my guests that have come on here, I've seen them naked. Like the last, I think, four <laughs> people that I just recorded with, I was like, okay, well, we're, we're close. We're a close group. But you and I. Yeah, we've actually, we've got a lot of history. I mean, like, I mean, you're, you're the reason, you're primarily directly involved with me getting in touch with, you know, what works for my body and what doesn't work for my body as far as the aesthetics and health and how food relates to you're the first person that introduced to me that food was fuel and not like an emotional thing, you know, and to, to, to have goals and to be able to achieve those goals and to change my body with diet and exercise and nutrition and primarily looking at it as from a nutrition standpoint. So big thanks to you coach. <laughs> well, and there's the backstory. I mean, I haven't seen you naked for other reasons. I've seen you naked to look at your physique yeah, and to help you transform. And I mean, you were in good shape when I met you because we've known each other for 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. I was in pretty good shape, but like I never, you know, um, and I remember, uh, 
a buddy of mine at, at, at work who we both know, Peter Provenzano, we both kind of did it as a lark, you know what I mean? Um, and I was so shocked because we had, I think we had like eight weeks to prepare for the show. Something really weird like that. And because I had a steady stream of like, like eating like Seinfeld, you know what I mean? Like a bowl of cereal for breakfast and a bowl of cereal to snack before going to bed, like a heavy dose of dairy in my diet. Just a shock to my system of like, you know, a, a really good amount of water and proteins and vegetables. Like my body did like a, a metamorphosis in like three weeks. And I was like, crazy, crazy, crazy transformation. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I did have a good foundation because I was always working out. But I mean, just uh, just with your your coaching and with uh, and then doing the weight training and especially the, the nutrition completely, it forever changed my my body composition and my relationship with food. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you've always I mean, you've always directed clients to me for nutrition. I mean, I think your area of expertise is definitely workouts as a trainer and i've always valued when you've sent people my way that are looking for that you know next level physique transformation and you won your pro card when you kind of took it up a notch but things have really changed for you since i met you 16 years ago because when i met you you were a very busy personal trainer you're one of the best personal trainers that i've ever met and i will always i'll take that it will be a loss for the fitness industry when you are a big successful actor in Hollywood and have to finally leave it behind. But you weren't acting when I, when I met you, you were kind of taking a break. You were focusing on the fitness, you know, industry building yeah. a business, couple trainers under you. When I read your bio today, cause I did it before we got together, I got tired. I didn't realize uh, that you had done that much stuff. As I was reading, I had to keep stopping myself and re-recording cause I'm like, he did that show. Oh my God, he did that. (laughs) And like, I'm taking a deep breath. You've done a lot since, since those days. Yeah, it really, um, and and thank you very much. I mean, that, that, that means a lot for me to, to, to hear you say that. And I've worked really hard and I've had some really good people around me to, to, to be successful as a trainer. Um, but I mean, I've always had a passion for the arts and I started out as a singer and a dancer. And uh, I, I, it really grew for me once I, once I, um, I got the role uh, on Almost Human. And I'd said goodbye to acting for a very long time. Like by the time you met me and I was training in 2005 or whatever that was, um, I had hung up my acting hat and I thought that was forever. And I'd really focused on building my business and becoming a really, really good trainer. Um, and then I was singing and dancing at odd show, charity shows here and there. And, and uh, I had actually started training my future agent along with a couple of other actors. And uh, at the time that I booked uh, a gig on Village on a Diet as a trainer with Mike Vino, um, she negotiated my contract on that show with CBC. And she looked at my resume and said, whoa, you were acting before. And I go, yeah, but I'm not doing that anymore. And she's like, well... You probably should. And I'm like, no. And I'd said no to her for like two years, two, three, four years. And then that pilot came around for Almost Human. And I, and I did it sort of as a lark 
to myself because I had breaks and you knew me like I was going back to my car, eating <laughs> chicken and yams and then watching Netflix on my iPad. And then I had a break and I, and I booked this role that changed the trajectory of my career for, for the rest of my days up until today. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't um, a journey that was like, okay, now I'm acting. And then all of a sudden I was successful. I had like tons of ups and downs and, and uh, really had to do a lot of self-discovery as to what, how I wanted to occupy space in that industry. Um, there's lots of pressures and it can really prey on your insecurities and your self-esteem and your self-confidence. And I wasn't immune to that as, uh, and immune to those, those minefields any more than anybody else. And being married at the time and having three kids, that was a really difficult balance. And I wasn't always successful with that balance. And so, you know, coming to today, um, I think the, the, the integration of my acting coach and then having some really good life lessons along the way uh, made it so that I can have a really good relationship with, with, uh, with the film and television industry and really understand it for what it is. And then when I go into that industry, I occupy it in my truth and not trying to be something that I'm not. Well, let's segue into the fact that, I mean, you're in two industries that your body is very important. I mean, talk about self-esteem and self-confidence. You're We'll, we'll go film and television. Yeah. You sometimes are you, when you get roles and this has happened with me as your coach where you call me up and it's like, coach, I got to be a ripped army guy for alter carbon. Yeah. And I got to look like this and I got to look jacked and you're not 30 anymore. Oh my God. Yeah. I think that, I think that, you know what, the, when I met you, I was just over 30 and my, body was young like I could like you know what I mean when my when I got down to a certain weight my abs were popping I had like obliques popping my that you know like my skin was tight but like cut out cheese it would be like cut out cheese and you would be shredded in a couple weeks totally totally (laughs) that doesn't happen anymore not at all and so really took a, a an extra extra effort and it's and I do remember calling you for Alter Carbon because the producer actually called me while I was on the bike just having a, a mild workout and he explained to me what the character was and what the characters were for my fellow soldiers in the in the in the series and he literally wanted us to look like superheroes like Marvel characters and at the time I did not <laughs> so I called on you and I think we had like six or eight weeks Six, seven, yeah. <laughs> as a lifeline because I came in looking really, really good, but that took a lot of focus. And it, and it took, and it took like a, like, you know, even though I know what to do and you and I have talked about this a lot, that when we really want to get to where we need to go, we need accountability. Like we really need accountability. So I would get you know, Saul to train me or somebody else to train with me. And I would get you to send me programs and meal plans and all that. So I can actually simple, stupid, not think about it and just follow this program and then get to the promised land. And you've got me there. That was the most significant uh, gig that I had where they literally said, we need you to come in looking a certain way. And knowing that I wasn't, you know, from my wardrobe fitting and from pictures that I sent, 
They said, we like your body. You look good, but we need you to be ripped. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, no pressure, right? And see, I, I think I was a little bit biased because I've trained a lot of female actress, actors, and mm -hmm. they get those, right, where you're going to be in a, in a love scene, you're going to be in a bed with just a cover over top of you, and it's the same. We've only had a short period of time. But for, for men, I don't think I realize the pressure that is on you in that industry to just wake up looking like spider-man in his tight costume like it's yeah. like who does no one does that no one's ready for that and and it's pressure it's a lot of pressure i'm yeah. sure it's it's you know and I, and I think that i think that um the unfortunate truth is that a lot of guys in the industry and abroad really do have legit body images body issues you know body dysphoria um and again, I'm not, like, I remember when I did my first competition and my second competition, and, uh, you know, I was really fortunate to win those competitions. But I think part of that, and I'll get around to the point, part of that is that I was, I was about 10 years older than all the other dudes that were training, that were competing with me. So they still had that baby kind of baby fat around their muscles. And I had already, like, gone through that. So cutting down really brought out the, 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 the weight training that I'd done 10 years more than they had. Um, but I mean, the, just, just the imagery that is with society right now and, and what, what guys um, are indoctrinated to, to what, what, what image is that of a strong male and what it means to look like when you're like an alpha male. Uh, can be pretty daunting, you know? And let's be honest, there's a few guys that walk around with a high metabolism and can actually can actually do that. But honestly speaking, I don't have the financial resources, nor is my career anywhere near where I can be a Chris Hemsworth. And that's what I do for a living is to stay fit and healthy and have, you know, people providing me with food and have trainers and have all the state-of-the-art equipment and the, the 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 science behind creating what is good for your body you know what i mean and uh and it can be really i've trained a, a number of actors uh male actors and it's a real thing it's a real it's a real mental health issue to like want to be a certain way uh and have this image in your head of what you think you should look like and then not reconciling with what is good for your body what works for your body and what it actually means in line with that to being healthy and feeling good. You know what I mean? And uh, I just had this conversation with my client the other day who was, um, who was on the keto diet. And, and I was asking them, why are you on a keto diet and why are you working this hard to get your body into ketosis? And it was purely for the aesthetic and looking, feeling good in her, in her body. And I think that she, she didn't do enough research to understand what that meant to do the work, to go into, to get your body to go into, to go into ketosis. Mm -hmm. And then what the ramifications of that are on your health to deprive your body of sugars and fats and all those different things that you need to do to get your body into ketosis. And male clients have done the same thing. And then on top of that, 
oh my God, there's so many layers to unpack. Around. So many. <laughs> so on top of that, going into this to get the goal to be this ripped or whatever body composition that you want to be in, to do that, they have to deprive themselves of things that they enjoy in their lives. And then when they fall off the wagon, they go through the, the, the mental uh, hijinks and obstacles of like feeling shame for getting off of it. And then the ramifications of what their body does because the, the, the nutrition plan they're on is so extreme that if they fall off and then they introduce sugars, oh my God. You know what I mean? And you have to remember too, they're, they're not doing that for a role. I've always said to my actor client, I mean, if you're doing this for a paycheck and we have to pull out some extremes because we only have five weeks or whatever it might be, these people that are doing these extreme crazy diets, they're just trying to live a normal life. They're, you know, mom, mom down the street, Joe Blow. They had like, if you were getting a million dollar paycheck, you would, you would look like Chris Hemsworth all, all the time because you have to. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it, and it pays your bills. And you know, that brings me to like, um, that movie with the rock and uh, Zac Efron and he came in Zac Efron to be in a movie with the rock. He came in like ripped on ripped on ripped. And then he did this really cool documentary after that project. And he was getting body shamed on social media because he looked normal and didn't look like, you know, like, like an action figure anymore, which is just, you know, it's, it's, too, it's too bad. And those, those types of things are really dangerous as, as far as like what it means to be healthy and what it means to be fit, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I really, what I've done to, with clients that are in the industry or not in the industry is really try to talk them off the ledge mm -hmm. of, of that dangerous cliff that they're, they're, they're doing a tightrope on in terms of mental health and in terms of their health physical health as well and having that balance for sure right and like yeah yeah it's 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 not exclusive to women but i do think that women have a tougher time of it i mean i've i've trained female clients that are that are in the industry and you know it is it is a real it, it can be emotionally traumatic to do a wardrobe fitting uh for for a lot of for a lot of them um when you know, they want the character to look a certain way and then things don't fit or they, you know, they measure and all these different things. It's can really, really, really be jarring. And I really feel for them. And I didn't realize how traumatic it could be um, until I started training a lot of female actors and having them tell me their stories. Um, and it's, it can be really brutal. It can be really brutal. Yeah. Have you ever lost? Have you ever lost a role because your body wasn't where it needed to be? Um, no, I haven't. But I have known actors that have um, that have not been considered for the roles because of their body composition or because they didn't fit the aesthetics of what the producer or director wanted that character to be. Um, and the industry is tough in that way. You know what I mean? It's it's very much. Um, it's it's I'm, I'm i'm hoping that it's getting past that and that we're getting into more of a natural real what real people look like and and how diverse that is in all aspects of that 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 uh that the meaning of being diverse but it's still it's still really apparent today it's really it's really it's really 
it's really it's 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 there today you know and it's and there's a lot of pressure and now in terms of double standards too i think we see that we we think these moms are so busy they're juggling it all you juggle a lot and and I'm kind of going to go into this area of you're a dad of three kids, yes. a single dad, you're divorced. Mm. You are a very busy film and television actor. Like you're a lot busier than years ago when I knew you. And even when you built, like you're really, you've got some momentum going, not to, you know, yeah. drink, touch wood. Yeah. You also have a super successful personal training business. So, you, you know, you're still do the struggle is real. The juggle is real for you. How do you do it? Um, I remember uh, uh, being online, uh, I think on Facebook, and a very smart person was inquiring uh, about the same thing to somebody that was doing similar to what I was doing, which was juggling a lot of different things. And to give you a snapshot, like I would go in to train clients and I'd get up at like 4.30, go in, train them at six o'clock, and I'd be doing like, you know, four, before COVID, I'd be doing like, you know, anywhere from like five to eight clients a day. But in and around that, you know, I have to navigate pickups and drop-offs with, 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 uh, with the kids and coordinating those schedules with my ex-wife because we, we co-parent together. And then I would get a tsunami of auditions from my agent and they would come at random times, you know what I mean? Like, we need you to be here. We need, we've got, we need you to pair for three roles. And, uh, and it's really challenging. And one of the things that I, uh, that, uh, that I realized and what was, what was illustrated online is that you're spinning plates on a stick, right? And some of those plates are glass and other than, some of them are styrofoam. And those ones that are styrofoam, it doesn't, you have to prioritize which ones are okay to drop and which ones are not okay to drop. And that's, that's kind of how I go through my day. It's like, you know, I'm spinning plates on the stick, but there's certain plates that cannot drop. It, there's no way that those plates can drop. And at the top of that list is the plates that have my kids on. You know what I mean? Oh and God, then, I love uh, that. I love that analogy. Yeah. And then uh, other things that can drop, um, you know, is certain meetings that I have because I'm always getting requests for meetings or coffees or mentorship or to do certain things. And if, if, my time management gives me a window of like, you know, half an hour and I'm going to be cutting it really close. I'll just drop that, you know, just so I can be there for my kids or be there for, for uh, an appointment that is actually paying me, you know, <laughs> just so I can put food on the table. Um, but honestly speaking, it's not easy. And one of the ways that I've been dealing with it is actually, I don't know if you remember when we were working together and people were asked how I'm doing. I'm like, I'm outstanding. I'm stellar. Stellar. <laughs> I steal that word when I hear it. I'm like, gee, stellar. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, I'm actually, I'm actually feeling really blessed and I am stellar. But at that time, I, didn't, I wasn't acknowledging or recognizing when I was stressed and what stress looked like for me. So part of this process over the last two years was actually acknowledging when I am stressed, when I am actually feeling overwhelmed, or when I do have a level of anxiety, because I'm only human. And if there's a lot of things going on and I feel pressure with auditions where I have a callback or I need to be on set and I've got clients and I've got the kids and how am I going to get in three different places at the same time, I have to kind of take a breath and understand that I am stressed and ask for help. 
<laughs> you and I were very similar that way. Cause I mean, I, you were always in just the best mood, always the best. And I'm like that too. I'm always up, up, up. And when I started to admit to having anxiety, everyone around me was like, you don't have a care in the friggin' world. You're super like fun, chill, sassy. And it's yeah. like, no, like we all have the same emotions. We all have the same struggles. Totally. Totally. It's a, uh, it was a, it was a good learn for me. And it was also a good learn for me to, 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 to understand that, you know, with clients and with appointments and things like that, I, I, I like to share with my clients and, and so that they understand that I'm a human being, you know what I mean? But they definitely are on a need to know basis. Like they don't need to know all of the things that I'm, that I'm thinking at the time that I'm thinking All about. the things they tell you about their life. You yeah. don't need to share about yours. I'm not going to share the same. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you did that? Yeah, I'm not sharing the same yeah. thing with you. I always say um, as personal trainers, we know when people are pregnant before they tell anybody else. We know when divorces are going to happen before they've even told their spouse. <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, yeah. I had a client tell me that she's got two men in her life. Her <laughs> <laughs> her husband You're like, I'm not me. sharing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, I can't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> I, know, I know. Oh my gosh, that is, you know what? The juggle, I love though the plate analogy. I'm gonna use that because we tend to not we don't we never want to drop anything. We never want to say we're in a bad mood. We never want to say, I never want to say no to anybody. And you've yeah. actually probably through this whole process of juggling all this had to say nope yep this is where i want to be totally. yeah totally and i and actually um you know uh one of my saboteurs is that i'm a i'm a pleaser and, and i don't like to let anybody down and um it's been a success for me and i've also and i'm also very restless that's one of the reasons why i'm so busy but um being being a pleaser and be having success with that it, it also has been the the seed to a lot of my, my failures in life as well. And so um, now when people ask me or request my time, I have, to, I have to actually take a moment and say, is this a good use of my time? Because my time is really valuable and I don't have a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And is this going to benefit my kids directly and directly? And is this going to move the needle forward? And is this a good endeavor for me to be in where I feel passionate about it? You know what I mean? And not to, to err on the side of arrogance, but like, you know, you, you, you're well accomplished. You're very, very successful. And you're an influencer as, as well, right? So, and, I'm, and, and I've had a number of people come up to me and say that they look up to me or they, they want to they pick my brain as far as mentorship and things like that. Or have me involved in projects that, you know, they're very passionate about. But I have to actually determine, is that project a good project for me right now? Or is, is that project, me being involved in that project, good for that project, but not so great for me? You right. know what I mean? So that's, that's something that I have to wrestle with. And, actually, and I've said no more this year than I've ever said in my life. Yeah. Do you think that age, do you think age and experience brought that? Yeah, and it's just, you know, uh, being in your truth and just understanding that not every good opportunity is a good opportunity for you at that time. Right. You know, and um, I'm actually, actually really believe that, you know, 
throughout all of my trials and tribulations, my ups and downs and my successes and my failures, I'm definitely going to reach where I want to go. So, and that is a hard line belief that I have in myself. And it's taken me a long time to say, it's okay to have that belief and have that confidence that I'm actually going to achieve the goals that I set for myself. The only difference is, is am I going to get there in a straight line? Or am I going to get there in a zigzag or up and down? Or am I going to have to climb a mountain and then come back down? And those, those little hills and valleys are of my own choice. It's not like things are happening to me. And that's something that I've had to reconcile as well, is that, you know, everything that's happening in my life uh, from relationships that are successful, relationships that are, that are not successful, business endeavors, all of those different things, money coming my way, money not coming my way. I'm an active participant in this life that I'm in, right? Things are not just happening to me. I'm actually participating in it. So I have to accept responsibility for everything that's happening in my life. So I'm not a victim. So I know I'm going to get there. I'm not going to be a victim getting there, but I have to decide how, how quickly I'm going to get there. And it's actually made a huge difference in this last year and a half. That's awesome. Yeah. And what's, in terms of getting there, what's next for you? Because you always, as an actor, I, I find... You must have to, I mean, everything's planned ahead. I mean, COVID probably put a little bit of a wrench in some upcoming plans, but yeah. what's coming up next for you? Because I know you, you're, you're onto the astronauts, which just yeah. came out on my birthday. Ah. <laughs> yes. Birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. That's, that's, that's my birthday gift. <laughs> no, that was my birthday gift. You, you know what? You're taking me to the Oscars one day. That's my yes, birthday Yes, yes, That too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's coming up next for projects? So um, the astronauts I'm super proud of, and uh, I'm really, I'm really, I, the reviews have been really, really great, and the cast and everybody involved from Ron Howard to, to Dean Israelite, uh, who's the director and executive producer, um, I think that we're, I'd be really surprised if we don't get a second season uh, coming next year. And then last year, around this time, I did a pilot for a best-selling novel called One of Us is Lying. And I don't know if you heard of that novel, but it's been on the New York bestseller list for like over a year. And basically, do you remember The Breakfast Club? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. The best. The best. Different kids, the jock, the pretty girl, the yeah. outcast, the nerd, all those guys uh, and gals yeah. uh, got into detention, right? And then they discovered that they have more in common than they actually realized. Um, this story is is sort of on the same lines, but completely different in the sense that there is like a jock, uh, a really pretty girl, a smart person, a nerdy person, an outcast, and all different. There's six kids that go into detention on the first day of high school in this really well-to-do neighborhood and this really, you know, really um, high-level high school. And uh, six kids go in and five kids come out. Yes, there is, yeah. there is, there is a death. A little dark component. <laughs> dark component, yeah. And it's, um, the kids that go into detention on the first day of school, have, some of them have never been in detention before. So them going into detention is under suspicious circumstances. And then this kid passing away is under suspicious circumstances. And so after that is one of us is lying. And then like the story unfolds that, 
all these kids that are in this detention all have something about them that doesn't like their image is one thing but what's underneath is another thing entirely so you oh. like it's revealed what their lives are what their truths are and what they've been trying to do to navigate high school and navigate life to get to their goals but they're hiding some dark secrets and all these different things and i play the father of uh the all-star athlete who's uh we've traveled three different states to go to the school. Um, I've got the two boys, he's uh, the oldest, and I'm there with my mom in this, in this neighborhood. And we're there so he can get scouted, he can go to the Major League Baseball, you know? He's this all-star kid. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great time shooting that. And we found out, I think about two months ago, that NBC greenlit eight episodes of that, of that show. And when's that coming out? Well, I think that they're going to start filming in the spring. And I think that they want to do that in the spring because they shot in Vancouver. And because of COVID, a lot of productions are coming up to Vancouver and Toronto and other parts of Canada. Um, and springtime is just going to be way better to film in Vancouver than right now, which is like heavy, heavy rain. Um, and then I just finished um, a television series for Apple starring Keegan-Michael Key. Cecily Strong, um, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who directed Men in Black and, you know, was a director of photographer when Harry Met Sally. And it's produced, executive produced by Cecily Strong from Saturday Night Live, Lauren Michaels, and uh, Cinco Paul, who wrote it, who was the, one of the creators for Despicable Me. And the actors on this show, oh my God. I, I was, it is, I've, I've worked with a lot of amazing actors. But to be in a room with that many A-listers who are Broadway Tony Award winners and nominated and all that stuff, their talent and which I was just blown away. All I wanted to do when I was there is not fuck it up. <laughs> and I'd be, I'd be like, keep your mouth closed, Lori. Every time somebody walks by. <laughs> totally, totally. I was, you know, I was legit starstruck for a little while there. You know, I was on set for about eight or nine days. And the first little bit, I'm like, holy shit. I'm, I watch these people in, like, shows that I love. Yeah. And there they are. And we're working together. We're having lunch together. It's like, this is crazy. My life is crazy right now. Pinch, pinch me, pinch me, pinch yeah. me. What's that one called? What one, what's that called? The one you were just talking about with Cecily? Oh, one of Us is Lying. And, that, and that's next year. That's next year. And then this, uh, this show that I did for Apple TV. And I think they're going to call it Schmigadoon, which is the name of the town, which oh. is this, this couple that is, there are two doctors and they, um, they are, they're in the beginnings of their relationship. They're going through a rocky time. They go on a couple's retreat and they're fighting and they end up in this magical town called Schmigadoon and all these different colorful characters. And it's a musical, it's a comedy, it's crazy. It's crazy. I can't even really describe it. It's nice. Talk about diversity, right? Like it's, you know. From yeah. army guy to dad to that—that's the diversity oh roles. That yeah, you're I've even so. got to play a doctor, and then you know, on Nickelodeon, I play a computer engineer. That's a, also a dad as well, which is cool. Oh, that is so awesome! That's so exciting. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any roles that you you just don't want any part of, or are you still? Um, I think that you know it'd be really. I I had. I had a couple of opportunities um, 
last year or the year before where it was it was a period piece and uh it was in 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 the time zone of slavery and i think and i think that uh for me personally i don't i i don't think i could do that i'm not sure if i could do that i don't think that would i think that that those roles and that story i mean there's been some really amazing uh projects that's, that have come out as far as like tv movies and literally tv uh, literally movies that have come out that have that have been oscar winners um but those movies i have to psych myself up to go and see them and when i see them i have a visceral reaction to them obviously and i can only see those movies once like i saw mississippi burning with willem dafoe and uh gene hackman once i can only see that once uh django unchained i could only see that movie once um, 12 Years a Slave. I saw that movie by myself and literally was in my car afterwards bawling for 12 minutes before I could drive away. It was just, so those types of roles, you know, no one's actually asked me that, to be honest with you. Of all the interviews that I've had, nobody's actually asked me which roles would I not do. And I think- oh, I'm a good you know, question person. I come up, <laughs> I come up with that. <laughs> it's a really, really good question. And I think, you know, you, you think of like, you know, uh, being a serial killer or something like, you know, yeah. that is really deplorable to children and which is, I give me really, like, I don't think I would ever do that. But I think at first thought, I mean, those stories that deal with slavery and being a slave in that time, um, I don't know if I could actually do that. And I've actually auditioned for those roles in the beginning of my career and in the middle where the projects have been really, really good. Um, and I never got those roles, but you know, now, today, I just don't think it's, I would rather tell a story that is, that is moving the needle forward and actually more inspiring and, uh, and looking at ways of like changing the narrative rather than like, going, it's almost like when we talked about my daughter, True, and constantly doing interviews and talking about how it was for her when she was nine years old and she first transitioned. I'd rather not go back and do a based on a true story of like what happened to these characters in this, in this deplorable evil time of slavery, you know, I'd rather not do that. Hmm. I'm glad I asked you that question. <laughs> I, I always wanted, I wanted to know, I wanted to know. <laughs> Really All right, we're going we're gonna to lighten it. We're going to lighten it. I do this rapid fire, and I'm going to ask you 10 just really fun, light questions, and uh, you have to okay. honestly answer me. And <laughs> off limits. I didn't do anything too, 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 too crazy, but okay. so rapid fire. Wine or coffee? Wine. Ooh, red or white? White. Oh, Pinot Grigio? Sauvignon Blanc. Ah, okay. We can be friends still. <laughs> Bucket list item of yours. Oh, like an item that I need to have? No, that you need to do. That you want that to, I do. Need to do. Doesn't have to be movie related or role related, life related. Uh, take my kids to Africa. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Hopefully we can travel soon. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, totally. totally. Your dream person to be on screen with? Who? <laughs> Who? That's a really good one. Uh, I 
Oh my God. <laughs> I've stumped G. I've stumped. Wow. Can I say two or one? Is it you one? Can say two. Yeah, you can say two for sure. I would say. I'd have like 20. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Viola Davis. And um, Denzel Washington. Oh, those are good. Those are good yeah. ones. Yeah. Will you ever do full nude scenes? <laughs> See, that, these questions were so fun. <laughs> They're so fun. Do you know what? If the story, if the story, if it made sense for the character in the story, yeah, I would. Okay. I remember seeing The Piano with Harvey Keitel. Do you remember that movie, The Piano? Yeah. Yeah, with, with uh, Holly, Holly, um, Holly, Holly Hunt. Holly Hunt, yeah, Holly Hunt. Yeah. And that was, that was, that movie was super impactful. And he had an, a nude scene and uh, it made sense. Mm. It totally made sense. And then Helen Hunt did a movie where she was the caregiver for this, for this, based on the true story of a, of a, of a, of a man that was paralyzed from, I think, the, 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 the chest down. And she had a nude scene where, she was, you know, he'd never been with a woman and all that. And it just made sense. It was beautiful, you know? Yeah. If it makes, if it makes it made sense, sense, I would do it. Describe yourself in three words. Like three descriptive words or in a sentence? Descriptive words. Uh, passionate. Um, loving. And driven. Oh, those are good three. Good combo. What's one quirk of yours? Quirk <laughs> <laughs> of mine. Uh, um, I think, I think that uh, a real like a quirk that I do, or a quirk that is part of me. Either. I think that I'm a really big kid at heart. Like, yeah, that's, that's a quirk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, like that I'm, that I'm like, I'm not childish, but I'm childlike. That's awesome. Yeah. You win a million dollars. What do you buy first? Oh my gosh. Win a million dollars. I, what do I buy first? A home. Home here yeah. or somewhere else? No, I buy a home here. Yeah. I buy, I buy like, like a home that's like done. Yeah. <laughs> done ready for you sanctuary because it's you know what i've what i found is like that that your home that you know like that's your sanctuary that's your do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like I, I, really, I really put a lot of value in in your home so that would be the first purchase i think i know the answer to this one but favorite superhero spider-man <laughs> I've seen you in more Spider-Man costumes. <laughs> <laughs> did you know, did you know that uh that one of the reasons why Spider-Man is so popular um with uh with kids that are diverse is that we could be him for Halloween. Because of the math. Yes. We couldn't be I couldn't be Superman, I couldn't be Captain Marvel, I couldn't be so many other superheroes that I loved. I couldn't be Batman. I couldn't be, but I could be Spider-Man. I've never thought about it that way. And that's why Miles Morales, who's this black kid that becomes Spider-Man, that's why like, it's a, just a transition from like, being able to be Spider-Man and then actually having a kid that's black that is Spider-Man. 
the the, the correlation is like That's amazing. It's heavy. Yeah. My last question. My last rapid fire. You're the president of the United States. Who's your vice president? Whew. Michelle Obama. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, I love that. Why? Why are you choosing her? Um, I feel that uh, that she would she would um, she she would be able to 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 be a perfect partner um, in so many different aspects of governance, and also to to cool the temperature of the divide. You know, she has a way of transcending all of those different things. Like she, when she speaks, everybody listens. And, and across the board, like men, women, white, black, they actually have an, an incredible amount of respect for her. And she just kind of bridges the divide. And I think that, you know, to be president, you would have to actually be so like this. You need somebody to be able to cool the temperature as well. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you. This has been so much fun. I'm so glad that you came on. Where can people find you? Because you're, you're on a lot of different social media platforms. Where can they find G? Yeah, I would say the best place to find me is on Instagram, uh, Garfield A. Wilson, or on Twitter, Garfield Wilson. I love you, friend. Oh my God, I love you too. Thank you so much for having me. This is and so I'm, much fun. I'm so glad that you came on and I would love for you to come back. And thank you yeah. for taking time with me today because I know your time is very precious. Well, you know what? I'd love to come back and talk to you uh, next year to, yeah. you know, do this periodically because this, you know, this was over so quickly for me. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. I love you so much. I love you so much. And when you were super, super famous and you're <laughs> acting with Denzel and Viola, I hope that you will take me to the Oscars or it doesn't even have to be the Oscars. It can be like the Teen Choice Awards or something. <laughs> it's, a right? date. it's a date. It's a date. I promise you. I promise you. I love you. I wish you so love much you success. Too. You're such an inspiration. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, friends. If you want more tips and tricks on rocking your life, and rock in your body, be sure to check out my website, lauriemort.com or follow me on Instagram at lori.mort. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast where each and every week we're going to release new episodes with down and dirty topics, some wicked guests, more badassery, and just have a kick-ass time together. And if anyone has a problem with it, they can kiss my curvy assets. <laughs>